Gracious Father, we ask that you would release a spirit of joy in our midst. For the message of the gospel is that light shines in the darkness and makes all things new. So Father, we give you, by the work of your spirit, our undivided attention and undivided hearts to hear everything you have to say to us. I ask, Lord, for the blood of Jesus over every mind in this place today, that we would hear only what you want us to hear, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. The joy of the Lord is our strength, amen? We were talking this morning about um, the Exodus event and uh, God's talking to Moses and he says, I hear the cry of my people. I see their suffering. And then he does something about it. He brings them into freedom. That's who our God is. He sees his people. He sees our suffering. He sees everything that we're going through in life. And undoubtedly, many of us are going through difficulties in life right now. I know I have my challenges and my struggles. But our God is a God who sees, a God who loves, a God who the Bible tells us rejoices over his people. Because he delights in us and he desires that we delight in him. Now, one thing that you notice when you read about Jesus in the Gospels is that when he preaches, when he when he teaches, he doesn't just stand at the pulpit and teach and then, you know, go back until next Saturday. He Jesus actually preaches and then he ministers to people in the, in the power of the spirit. And it's exactly what we see him doing today. And that's, that's, that should be a model for the church today because we've become so centered on only just hearing words spoken. But then we don't have a time for ministry where the Lord can just break out and minister to and love on his people. And so there are going to be Sundays when we've done that and there'll be Sundays when we do that. And I believe this Sunday is going to be one where the Lord really ministers to us. But I do want to say a few words first. Let's just take a brief look at the readings. Now, if you look at all of the readings, you'll see that the theme that I said when I just got up here is that Christianity is about light shining into the darkness. We look at Isaiah chapter 9 and we see this prophetic word from Isaiah and he says, there'll be no more gloom for those who were in anguish. Then then in verse 2, he says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. And then there was our memory verse a few weeks ago. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And all of these things point forward ultimately to the Messiah who himself is called the light. He says, I am the light of the world. And so what Jesus, his mission is always to do is to dispel darkness and bring in light. That's why we're called to be a people of joy. Because even in our suffering, the Bible says, Peter says, the spirit of glory rests on you in your suffering. When you suffer for the name of Christ, that is, you receive the insults of the world or the rejection of the world. And God has made us to be a people of inexpressible joy and delight in Him and in who He is. Now, Isaiah gives us this word, and then what we see is flip over or look down at uh, Matthew chapter 4. And we see Matthew quote directly from this passage. You'll notice that the gospel writers often quote from Isaiah. 
They often quote from Isaiah because Isaiah had so much to say about the dawning light that was to come over the people of Israel and over the whole world in the person of the suffering servant, the the Messiah. And so Matthew knows that and he's reading and he's telling his story through the lens of the prophecies were spoken. And he says, Jesus went and he says he set up camp at Capernaum by the lake. And this was to fulfill what the prophet Isaiah said. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Right? The world, the Gentiles, those who were excluded from the family of God, from Israel. Now the light is shining for them. And that's what the ministry of Jesus is about. It's about bringing the nations of the world to the one true God. And so everywhere he goes, he carries the light with him. And so then we read his, what his message is. And we talked about uh, uh, maybe a month or so ago about the central message of Jesus. Many of us guessed it was love and that's big for Jesus. But the central message of Jesus was about the kingdom of God. It's always on his lips. And so his message is this. And he says, repent. For the kingdom of heaven has come near. Matthew uses the word heaven instead of God. They're interchangeable. Heaven is God's dwelling place. And he says, repent for the kingdom of God is near. That was Jesus's, that was the, that was the gist of his message. Turn from whatever you're doing, start thinking in a different way and, and pay attention because the kingdom, God's kingdom in his presence, it's in your midst. That was Jesus's message. Another way of saying that is that the light has broken into the darkness. The light has broken into the darkness of the world. And then he demonstrates the kingdom so that people see that the kingdom isn't just this, this idea that's out there in, 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 in the ethereal world. It's actually a reality that gets demonstrated through the person of Jesus. So then on the story, he goes on and he calls some disciples. And I love what it says about them. It, it, Matthew reiterates for both of them. They immediately drop their nets and follow him. See, so many people think, I've got to get everything sorted out and I've got to get things cleaned up before I can really follow Jesus. And Jesus says, no, you can stop right now and follow me. You can just drop everything and follow me. I'll enable you to do it. Don't worry about your brokenness right now. We'll work on that. He's gracious. And so he calls disciples. And then this is what we read at the end of the passage in the lectionary includes this verse at the end for a very specific reason, because Jesus has been preaching about the kingdom. And then it tells us this. Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogue. So ministry of the word. Right. And proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, the gospel, the good news. So he's the ministry of the word. And then what else does he do? And curing every disease. Say every disease. And every sickness. Say every sickness. Among the people. So for Jesus, it's a ministry of both word and demonstration of the power and the presence of the kingdom. Because if it's true that light has shown into the darkness then that means people will be released from whatever it is that binds them, including sickness. That's a big one, right? Jesus uh, casts out demons and heals the sick. It's, It's one of the central things of his ministry. Now, you see, healing, many people have thought of it as it's it's like a it's like a sideshow or something. It's just something kind of Jesus does the show on the side, uh, show show off his divine power. But you see healing and you see it all throughout the Gospels, is actually 
it's actually a part of the gospel. Because the gospel is good news for everything, for the whole world, for the whole person. The gospel isn't simply you can be forgiven of your sins so that you can go to heaven when you die. The gospel is something that, that's true, (laughs) but the gospel is something that makes us whole. And so healing for Jesus is actually, it's a part of the message of the gospel because the gospel is about wholeness for human beings. It's about bringing people into the light. It's about bringing the light into the darkness. You see, Jesus' message was lived out by demonstrating the reality of God's presence, power, and love. Say that with me. Presence, power, and love. And when God shows up to give people an encounter with Him, we always get those three things. His presence, His power, and His love. Especially the healing ministry is especially powerful for that. Now, you see, today the temptation, I think, for God's church is, is to try to survive on principles and platitudes that we, that we get out of the Bible, but to be starved of God's power and presence. But Jesus never separated those two. He always demonstrated it. And so my heart's desire, and you all know this, my heart's desire is that we'd be a place where the Word is faithfully taught, proclaimed, and and preached, but also we come to have encounters with God and we allow um, Jesus Himself to just minister to us through His Holy Spirit. So there are some times when the Lord puts something on my heart and and what He's wanting to do is He's more or less saying, I want you to yield and just step aside and let me minister to and love my people. I believe today is one of those days. And I'm very excited. Now, a couple more things. Hebrews 13, chapter 8 says this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It says there's no change in God, in who He does, in what He does. And some, some would say, oh, the, the healing and the miracles, that was a very, you know, that was back then. We don't really need it now because we have the Bible. But you see, Jesus Christ doesn't change. He, 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 his ministry, He doesn't stop ministering in the way He did a thousand or two thousand years ago. Rather, I'm going to read you something from the old famous preacher Charles Spurgeon. He said this, when people hear about what God used to do, One of the things they say is, oh, that was a very long while ago. Then he says this, I thought it was God that did it. Has God changed? Is he not an immutable God? It's a great word. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Does that not furnish an argument to prove that what God has done at one time, he can do at another? Nay, I think I may push it a little further and say, What he has done once is a prophecy of what he intends to do again. Whatever God has done, he says, is to be looked upon as a precedent. Let us with earnestness seek that God would desire or would restore to us the faith of the men and women of old that we may richly enjoy his grace as in the days of old. See, that's. That's the heart of the Lord is that is that his church would yield to him and allow him to minister in the way that he always has. And he has never, ever stopped. Now, I was thinking about this and I'm almost done here because we just want to have a time of ministry. But I was thinking about this and I thought, you know, there's been a few times when we've done this and we've seen the Lord do things. And um, 
on December 15th, remember it was because it was the day of our Christmas party, I preached a short message on healing like today, and I said, I believe the Lord just wants us to kind of do some healing, and I'll demonstrate how I pray for the sick. And we saw someone who had a level nine migraine go to a zero, and it was awesome, and we were rejoicing. And I thought about that, and I thought, if he showed up and did that then to display his presence, power, and love, I think he probably wants to do more. I really think he does. I think he wants that to be a regular part of what his churches throughout the world do is they let him show up. The Holy Spirit wants permission. And you know, the enemy, he wants to always try to keep the Holy Spirit's ministry invisible. He wants it, keep it off in the back. Don't, don't let the Holy Spirit, don't, don't let God d- display who he is in front of the people because then people realize how awesome and how real God is and it strengthens our relationship with him. So, having said that, Holy Spirit, we just invite you to minister in our midst, Lord. We seek you. So many of us need healing in our bodies. So, Lord, I just, I just turn everything over to you, and I just ask that you'd lead us, Lord, for the next few minutes, that you would minister to your people, Jesus, and that you would show yourself strong, that we would get um, all of your presence, power, and love that you want us to see today, Lord, as we enter into this time of worship Father, I just pray that you would connect our hearts to yours, that you would just begin to speak to every person in this room about your heart and how big it is for, for making people whole. And I just ask that, Lord, you would glorify the name of Jesus in our worship and that then you would just come and demonstrate who you are to us today, that we might revel in your glory in Jesus' name.